Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio. My name's Sandman, and myself, along with Mr. Eric Patterson, are going to be your host for the next hour tonight. So good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. It is Friday, June 21st, 2019, and of course, you know that means it's time for another episode of your favorite paranormal podcast, Parareality Radio. Hey, Eric P., back in the house. Woo! What's up, Sam, hey. man? How you doing? Hey, man. Been doing great. How about you? What's going on? Good, man. Just uh, just living life, working, uh, trying to uh, adapt to this wonderful Tennessee summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your first summer in Tennessee, is it? No, it is not, no, no, but no, man, okay. I'll tell you what, I, I don't know that I've gotten used to it. It's just uh, the humidity just hits me. I'm not, yeah. I, I'm much more of a colder weather person, so, but... Yeah. It's all good. Got to deal with yeah. yeah. Deal with what's I'm around. uh you know, I don't know that I'm either one. I don't I, I'm not going to say I'm a cold weather person or yeah. a, or a warm uh, spring and fall, that's me. Fall is definitely my favorite. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's been muggy. So, uh what 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 all have you been up to? Now, b- b- before you answer that. For sure. I've had some people emailed me and say, "Hey, what's uh what's happened to Eric?" <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Did he? Did he? You know? Did he, did he get fired? Did he quit? What happened? No, no, no. <laughs> I, like I said last last podcast, uh, it's just been a scheduling problem. For sure. Uh, you went on vacation. You had a vacation I did. Yeah, scheduled. I went down to yeah for uh, Florida for a week, which was wonderful. Yeah, had a good time there. And then after that, it's just been trying to get our schedules worked out. I've had yeah. So we just talked about before we went on air. I've had some stuff uh, going on with my job. My day job, and and uh, then it's just been trying to. And last time we were supposed to do it, uh, I uh, had to cancel kind of at the last minute. I, I, one day it was like, "Hey, let's record an episode," and he's like, "Great!" And then like <laughs> six hours later, I'm like, "Let's cancel that." <laughs> yeah, let's scratch that <laughs> and idea. He's like, "Great, okay." So yeah, it's just been a scheduling thing. So no, nothing's nothing's happened to to uh, Eric. Everything is. I'm alive uh, and well. Alive yep. and well, everything is going along just great. It's just been a scheduling problem so, for sure. Yeah. So, speaking of of uh, podcasting and stuff, how's uh, how's things going over on the world we live in? What's, world what's we live in's good. Um, similar, actually, to you, uh, Kyle, my uh, best friend and co-host. He's been pretty busy. So, um, last week, actually, I did an interview with the Singular Fortean Society out of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it's a couple, Emily and Tobias Wayland. Um, and they, uh, they have their own website, uh, just type in 14 society. You can check that out. Um, but yeah, they, they do a bunch of stuff, um, more towards like researching on their own and, um, interviewing. Um, they've, uh, we got into a ton of stuff about Mothman or the Mothman, uh, around the Great Lakes area. Um, or most people who are familiar with the topic, um, there was a flap near Chicago, a ton of people, uh, 2017, 2018 witnessed Mothman-like entities around the area. I have, I have heard of that, yes. I haven't looked into it much, but I've heard about it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Um, they were telling me about some um, experiences outside of the city, even. Um, so just the Great Lakes in general is um, just, some people, I think, think it's like a window area, if you're into those theories. Um but just a strange area in general. That whole Great Lakes region has a lot of folklore and stuff cemented in it. Yeah, that's cool. I'm definitely gonna check that out. 
Yeah, I please do. I haven't actually had time to do much over the last uh, like month, really. So I haven't uh, haven't listened to a lot of uh, yeah podcast or internet stuff. Yeah, but they do um, they do a ton of stuff. They've done like um, some ghost uh, investigations and uh, looked into some Bigfoot um, in the uh, Kettle Moraine. I'd never heard of it before, but it's a forest area mm, up there. Okay, yeah. so interesting. Anyway, yeah, it was, it was it was a good chat. So how'd you how'd you uh, how'd you find these people? I reached out to them. Uh, I heard of their website uh, over Twitter, um, and uh, went on there and loved their stuff. Um, they got really good artwork, um, and uh, Emily, I believe Emily does the artwork, and Tobias is more of the writer and uh, content guy. And um, nice. And yeah, they it's a really cool site. Uh and yeah, I just asked them for an interview and we uh got to chatting and it was about an hour. Yeah. And it was a good good talk. I really loved hopefully we can do it again. Uh obviously they're busy and stuff as everyone is, but yeah, it was it was it was all, it was a good time. Definitely check that out. I'm gonna have to yeah. So that's available on uh Podbean, right? Yes, my uh, the world we live in is available on Podbean. Um, you can find us on iTunes, um, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. You know, I'm going to have to get with you about the, the, the iTunes, iTunes yeah. and the Spotify. Okay, I'm still trying to get on on those. I know iTunes is shutting down. In case no one's heard, uh-huh. iTunes is shutting down, and they're going to redistribute all their stuff to different platforms. Yeah, I and saw the, something about that. There's going to be a podcasting platform. Of some some nature, so don't 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 freak out, all you iTunes people, because it's just it's, I'm not an iTunes person very much, but <clears throat> it's still going to be around. So I'll get up with you after the. After yes, the, we will so definitely anyway. do that. Yeah, sweet. So let's. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I got something in my throat there. So uh, you know, let's let, tonight's show, man, is going to kind of be like kind of kind of be a little dark one. You know, it's a pretty dark topic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I say that because Eric and I are going to be what we're going to be talking about tonight involves um, it involves suicide and and now that doesn't permeate well it's it's not the entire show the show is not about suicide it's just it's a, it's a part of what we're going to be talking about tonight and that's because we're going to be talking about and I know I'm going to slaughter this name I practiced it. And I practiced it. And <laughs> Japanese is a tough language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to be co- talking about the Okoshigara Suicide Forest. Did I? I don't know how I said that right. I've I've heard that. I've heard Okigahara, which I imagine is maybe a little that's more. That's probably Okigahara. Okigahara, yeah. yeah. Okigahara, yeah. That's it. We're going to be talking about the Okigahara Suicide Forest. Yeah. Now that I look at the spelling and the pronunciation, that's it. Yeah. You're the man. Yeah. <laughs> So, resting uh, in the shadow of Mount Fuji is the Okogihara Forest. It's actually the world's second most popular suicide location. It's called the perfect place to die. This place has the unfortunate distinction of, uh, like I said, being the world's second most popular place to die by suicide. And since the 1950s, Japanese men, women, and teenagers have wandered in the forest and so many of them haven't come back out that the Japanese government has stopped releasing the data. Mm. They, they won't even talk about what they think it is anymore. It's second in suicides 
behind only the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. We were just talking about it. We San were, yeah. The Akogihara Forest is a beautiful but deadly place that's said to be haunted with demons and the tortured souls of those who have taken their lives there. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight on the show. But before I get started, let me tell you how you can get in contact with us here because there's a few different ways you can do it. First of all, you can visit the show website, parareality.com, and fill out the contact form on the About Me page there. Or you can send an email, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. You can also uh, check me out on the Facebook page. The show pe- Facebook page is Parareality Radio. If you just go on your Facebook, do a search for Parareality Radio, it'll come right up there. And the show's also on Twitter. You can follow the show there. And the the uh, handle is at Radio. That's P-A-R-A. R-E-A-L, radio, all one word, at Parareal Radio on Twitter. And, of course, finally, you can always call the studio line at 615-692-1170 and leave a message. Just be aware that I may play your comment back on the show, though. Simply by leaving me a message is giving me permission to do so. If you don't want me to do that, you better tell me in the message itself. And you never know, I'm now that I'm back doing a bi-weekly podcast, it seems like I'm always in the studio doing something so you may just call and catch me there you never know i have no no idea so those are all the different ways you can get in touch with us here during the show uh once again sandman at parareality.com at parareal radio on twitter and the parareality radio page on facebook call the studio line 615-692-1170 and before we get into this i have something for you sir Oh, wow. Yes. I have an email. This comes from Debbie, and it says, Hey, Sandman, love your new addition, Eric, a.k.a. Patty Man. Yeah, yeah. And it's signed, Patty Mom. Uh Uh-huh. Who is this person? Is this your mom? That would be my wonderful mother. yes. Uh Uh-huh. What is up with Patty Man? What is... Yeah, Patty Man is uh, Patty Man is kind of my nickname. It's my it's my uh, it's part of my personal Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what people call me all throughout high school. They call me Patty, Patty Man. Um, and so I played soccer my whole life, and uh, I was a goalkeeper, so I got to kick a lot. And um, I even it even morphed into Patty Cannon because my leg was so strong. So, you know, <laughs> just variations upon Patty. I yeah. love Patty Cannon. Patty Cannon. That's, that's my, my all-time favorite. Yes, Patty yeah. Cannon. That's your new yeah. name here on the show, Patty Cannon. <laughs> oh, no. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> so, yeah, thanks, Patty Mom. Yeah. Uh, Debbie, a.k.a. Patty Mom. Exactly. For uh, sending that in. I think Eric is a great great addition to the show. I love having him as a co-host. Appreciate we get along that. great, and uh, <clears throat> I'm glad that you accepted my offer. Your checks in the mail. Just don't hold your breath. <laughs> I'll be waiting for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't don't hold your breath, Ben. <laughs> so let's let's start talking about let's the Akogihara Forest. So at the foot of Mount Fuji, the highest mountain peak in Japan is a about a thirteen and a half, fourteen mile wide forest called the Akogihara. For many years the shadowy woodland was known as the Sea of Trees, that's his other name. Because it's so thick 
with trees. It's so dense in there. But unfortunately, in recent decades, it's taken on a new name, which is the Suicide Forest. For some visitors, Akogihara is a place of serenity and, and unbridled beauty. Hikers looking for a challenge can go through the dense thickets of trees with all their big knotted up roots above the ground and, and, and the rocky areas to assess amazing views of Mount Fuji. There's even some ice caves in there somewhere. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. And and uh, they even have, uh, sometimes school children will visit there on field trips to explore the the aforementioned ice caves. It is, however, uh, a little eerie as well. The, the trees have grown so closely together that you spend a lot of your time in darkness. It's so thick in there that the sunlight doesn't really penetrate it very well. Um and unfortunately, what most people come to Japan's suicide for say they remember is the silence, that it is just a very, very still and quiet place that the the silence is almost deafening is mm. the way that I've heard it described. Um, the um, forest floor there is made of volcanic rock from uh, an eruption from Mount Fuji that occurred in 864. Um and they say that one of the reasons why it's so quiet in there is because that porous rock kind of helps absorb mm, the sound yeah. in it. So uh, that's that's very interesting. And then you have all the leaves and, and everything falling, so you have all of this noise-absorbing material, and it just makes it really, really quiet. I said it's, 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 a, it's a quiet, solemn place, and unfortunately it's seen its share of quiet, solemn people. Yeah. You know? Um, though reports have been deliberately, um, like, um, kind of, uh, hidden and, and, and they try to like, you know, shut down all the, the bad news as much as they can coming out of there. It's estimated that as many as a hundred people take their own life in the form of suicide there in that forest every year. So uh, this is something that um, I've known about for a long time. I've always wanted to do an episode on it. I've just never gotten around to it. And uh, I don't know why, but for some reason I thought, man, this would be a perfect episode for me and you to do. Yeah, so. I, I agree. Uh, I've, I have known about this place for... I think a couple years. I think the first stories I heard of it were about um, it being haunted, and then once you get into it, um, you you realize that a lot of people commit suicide at this place. Um, and yeah, it's um, there's a so if you go on YouTube, um, there's a vice there's there's a twenty minute vice documentary that follows. You seen it? Yeah. Yeah. That follows a guy who is a nature researcher there, and he is basically going around and trying to find people that are going to commit suicide or have already committed suicide. Um, and But as you were saying, it's very quiet. You can even get a sense in the documentary that it is just, like, sound deafening. Um because it is, it is, it's super quiet, and they don't, there's not a ton of conversation. It's mostly them walking around, um, but they do interview a little, and, but it gives you a good sense of what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, popular show on the Travel Channel, Ghost Adventures, oh, yeah. went there, um, I don't know, two or three years ago, maybe even been longer than that, I don't know, um, and did a did an episode. I don't remember 
too much about it, but uh, I remember that they were freaked out just by just simply by going in there. Yeah. They got they got freaked. Of course, you can drop a pin and those guys get freaked out. But that's one of the <laughs> yeah. things I love about them. Is like we're not scared of anything, and then they hear a noise like "What the hell was that?" and they start running away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have um, I've seen that documentary, and there is another documentary. Um, that was by this guy. See, I got his name written down here. It was uh, like last year, Paul Logan. You ever heard of Paul Logan? Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about this. <laughs> Gosh, what do you th- what do you think about uh, that? About what he did? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about? Uh, your- well, very poor taste. Yeah, uh, he was just trying to get clickbait. And for, okay, I mean, I'll cut him. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. From his point of view, uh, it was probably beneficial but i extremely poor taste and i highly disagree with it um but yes he he went there and did he would they find a dead body yeah okay yeah so this guy's a a social media influencer whatever the hell that i wish i could i want that job yeah how did you not get into that i'm too old (laughs) it passed me by ah darn um yeah so he's one of those people that makes his living off YouTube. Yeah. And the the whole, you know, clickbait thing, uh, in case you're not familiar with what clickbait is, I'm not going to get into it. Just look it up. But it's, it's how you make money off YouTube, basically. Yeah. So he took some friends and went to uh, Japan and went to the Kogahara Forest and was just filming it. I don't I don't know that he intentionally wanted to find someone dead in there. I don't know if that was part of what he was doing. Yeah. But he did. And there's yeah. like found some dude hanging from a tree mm-hmm. and uh fortunately he was like laughing and making light of it and everything like that and and uh put it up on on his YouTube channel and and he even had a disclaimer there um at the very beginning was like this is not clickbait. This is very serious issue and you know, I'm doing this for education or something like that. Uh-huh. And, then, uh, yeah, it, it messed it. It pretty much ruined his career almost, I think. Yeah, I've not I've not seen the video. I don't know that it's actually still up. I, I don't think it is. Well, I in and, and doing research for the show, I was trying to find it. Yeah. And I found an article somewhere uh, that was talking about it. And there's another website that, that has videos, and mm. I can't remember what the name of it is. I've never heard of it. Yeah. And I'm not even going to give this website out uh, because um, when I, I clicked on the thing where, where it had, okay, here's the, here's the video. You can watch it on this other website. I clicked on it, and I started watching it, and I got about, I don't know how long the video is, but it's not a short one. Uh, I would imagine it's at least half an hour, 45 minutes. That's what it looked Probably. like it was going to be. But about uh, 10 minutes into it, some virus started to try to eat up my computer, so I had to unplug it real quick. Oh, so, no. yeah. So, yeah. luckily, everything's good. Okay. Uh, nothing got nothing got infected. Uh, 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 when I, I, I didn't get the black screen of death, but I got this blue screen, and all this word and stuff was coming across it. And it was, I was like, oh, no. And I was like, that's a virus. So I just unplugged it from the wall real quick. Cord, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, and then I ran a virus scan on it, and I'm I'm clean. So, but that's why I'm not going to give that. that yeah, no, not worth it. Yeah, that plus I don't think that it's, you know, I don't want to promote um, what this guy did. It, no, you know, it, I I'm kind of on the fence a little bit with it because 
if you're going out there and you're filming a video and you have and and your job is that to make videos for YouTube or even if you're doing if you're like doing a video podcast like it's very similar to to this what we're doing here if you and I went out and we're like oh look we we've got some extra money we won the lottery we're going to go to the the Kokagara forest and film a video and then we find a dead body do you not put it on or do you you know i mean there's there's a fine line my my whole problem with is not with him having the body on there and once again i i did not see that part so i don't know how long did did they just stand there and film it for 20 minutes or something i don't know um but how long do you have that on there and then the way that he was acting before he went in it was kind of like a douche yeah, you know he seems like I don't know the guy, but just that's the only just the only time I've ever heard of him. Yeah. So you know, and then I saw ten minutes of a video of him, and he seems like kind of a dickhead. So you know, yeah. No, that's that's his uh, that's his persona. I, I've never watched any of his videos. I've just seen bits and pieces. But yeah, I don't. I don't that that whole YouTube. Uh, um, thing i never really got into worth following like youtubers and stuff like that even though i'm on the younger end i I never got into that stuff but consider yourself lucky because i did oh did you really (laughs) oh my god yes um so that has nothing to do with the show i'll tell you about we'll talk about that later we'll talk about that off but uh yeah yeah it's it's a rabbit hole yeah it's it's a whole rabbit hole so a kogahara has always been like it's always had some sort of morbid myth associated with it the the oldest are unconfirmed stories of an ancient japanese custom called ubasat let me try that again ubasute uh-huh um and ubasute is that uh it goes back to feudal times when food was scarce and the uh situation were was was growing desperate for families they they might take like uh an elderly one of their elderly relatives that they were taking care of and it was usually typically a woman and they would take them out to the forest and just leave them there to die. Kind of like what people do with their pets these days. Uh, I don't want to take care of this dog anymore, so I'm going to take him out to the forest and drop yeah. him off and leave him there to die. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the practice, it, they, they don't know that it was actually real or not. It may be more fiction than fact. Um, a lot of the scholars just dispute that it was ever common because the Japanese culture is to take care of the elderly mm-hmm. so they don't really know if this is something that's that's true or if it's just a rumor um, but it's it's you know these these accounts have have made their way into Jap- Japan's uh, folklore and and even their poetry and from there they they've attached themselves to the the suicide forest and there's also um Rumors of um, called uh, something called the uh, Yuri or ghosts. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard it pronounced Yuri. Yuri. Okay. Yeah, that's that's probably better. I, God, thank God for you, because I would just totally slaughter it. The Yuri, right? Yeah, Yuri, that's I what I heard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we'll say the we'll Yuri. Yeah, the Yuri or ghosts. Visitors claim they saw were presumed to be in uh, the the vengeful spirits of those old people who had been abandoned to starvation and at the mercy of the elements. But, you know, all that began to change sometime in the 60s 
when the forest's long and tangled history with suicide began. Today, the forest phantoms are said to, to belong to those who went out there and killed themselves, the sad and, and the miserable and even the angry people. Um, who knows how many there are out there. We'll probably never have an exact count. Um, there are a lot of people who believe that a book is to blame for the resurgence in the forest's popularity. Sometime in the 60s, uh, this guy by the last name of Matsumoto published his famous novel, uh, Kiori Jukai. I think that's right. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking at Eric. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, yeah, that's no, right. No, I had I had a, I had a page where the book is titled. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, the book's uh, the translation is the Black Sea of Trees mm-hmm. is what I have, and uh, in the end, what happens is the there's it's a love story, and in the end, the the lovers go to the uh, Akogihara forest and they they kill themselves. Um, so that's where people are saying that that the popularity for becoming a, a place to go to commit suicide began was because of this book. Apparently this was a hugely popular book in Japan in the sixties. Yeah. Um, contemporary news outlets have noted the recent spike in suicides in the forest and they are blaming them more on the, uh, economic turndown in Japan rather than on the, uh, the novel by Matsumoto. Um, y- but as early as sometime in the 50s, tourists were reporting encountering decomposing bodies in Akogihara. Mm. And what brought the the brokenhearted to the force in the first place may remain a mystery, but its reputation in the present as Japan's force is both deserved and undeniable. I was reading that, obviously. You could probably tell. Um, so, yeah, so we have here, you know, um, two or three different things that, could be going on as far as yeah you know we have ghosts and we have people being brought out by their family and left to die and we have a novel that's i mean that's that's you can look at the 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 ubisate thing and say well we don't know if that's true or not i can i can i can you know i can be down with that being nothing more than a, a rumor or a legend but the book thing is undeniable you know, I mean, we have the book. Yes. Yeah. You know, we know it. We know it was written. And in the book, people, they, they off themselves in the end. Yeah. So what what's – why would a book, though, inspire so many people to go to a certain location to kill themselves? I, I don't get it. I'm not – yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, phenomena there. Did you come across another book called The Complete Manual of Suicide? No, yeah, I did not. So this was from uh, 1993 uh, by Waturu Surumi. And, um, yeah, this supposedly had the same impact, they claim, some claim. Um, they added to the fuel and uh, added fuel to the fire and suicide rates. Uh, the author described the Okigahara as the perfect place to commit suicide and even described which parts of the forest are less circulated so the bodies cannot be found. Oh, I can't believe I didn't come across that. Yeah, I uh, I came across it. I listened to uh, another podcast talk about it and, yeah, I found it online. So that, that – God, that's so morbid. That's so morbid. Why would you – what, what provokes someone to write a book about that? I don't know. 
I, yeah, I have no, no idea. Sure. I can understand writing a work of fiction. Of course, and using, yeah, it's and a using story. A real, yeah, using yeah. a real place. Yeah, you know, it, it's just like what what inspires people to go to the the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, and jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. my God, if I wanted to kill myself, I'm not gonna go to and jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm gonna do something a little. I don't know, make less dramatic. I don't know. Yeah, was like, yeah. Literally, go out with a. A splash. I was gonna say a bang, but bang. depends on depends on how you hit the water. That's true. It could sound like a bang. Yeah, it feel, like feel like one too. Yeah. yeah. So what what I like I said what I'm what I'm not understanding mm-hmm. is how a work of fiction can inspire so many people not to commit suicide. I'm not saying that that uh, Masamoto's book inspired people to commit suicide. What I'm saying is why. How did it romanticize the idea of suicide in this one location? Mm. Yeah. You know, suicide has always been romanticized. You go back to, God, Shakespeare. I mean, yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Plays, you know? yeah, all that. So suicide's always, unfortunately, been romanticized. But the, the, the location is what I don't understand. But I, I've seen pictures of a Kogahara, and it looks like someplace you'd want to kill yourself. Really, I mean, yeah. you know, you've seen the same pictures yeah. I have, I'm sure. Well, it has that it has it has that monotonous distance of the same picture for ever. Um, I mean, it's it's similar to the Pacific Northwest in a sense. Yeah, it's got it's kind of kind of dreary, quiet, beautiful. Um, you can kind of get lost in it, just kind of staring at it. Um, yeah, and apparently uh, the sea of trees um, description, I guess, comes from if you're above, um, if you're like on Mount Fuji, you can um, look down and the forest looks like a sea because it's so dense. Yeah, I've seen aerial uh, drone shots yeah. of it, and it is literally um, a carpet of of trees when you when you look down it looks like a green you know plush carpet down there it is so dense and so thick and then you see pictures you know people have taken down on the ground and it's dark in there it's dank i mean it it's like the moon i believe um neil armstrong described the moon as beautiful desolation Ooh, wow you know and, and that's kind of of what that reminds me of i mean it's just it's just a I don't know. I, I just the the feeling that I get from looking at the pictures. I can't imagine what kind of feeling you would get actually being there and knowing that this is where people go to kill themselves. Kind of like you know going to. Uh, I would akin it to, and I've never been hit this place either. But I would, I would akin it to to going to like Auschwitz and and seeing you know some of the Holocaust stuff and you know, oh man this is heavy you know you can just feel the heaviness yeah so there's got to be because of all of the people that are there there has got to be some kind of just dark dank energy that mm. permeates through that because of all of those dead people yeah I agree it's uh it's definitely part of different areas around the world the the past that even if it's not haunted and even if you don't experience something, you still know like they're like, it's not a mystery to anyone that bodies have been found there. 
And like when walking in, you know that people have committed suicide and it's always in the back of your head. And it just, it definitely affects, I would imagine, uh, the way you see the location and everything. Yeah. You know, since the the early 70s, there's been a small army of police and, and volunteers and journalists who, like, every year, like annually, they scour the area in search of bodies to bring out. And they say they, they never leave empty-handed. You know, there's always something to find in there. Um, the body count has supposedly been significantly increasing over the recent years. Um, some of the data I have here goes back to, well, I'll just read you what it says. It says uh, in 2004 there's 108 bodies in varying states of decay that were recovered from the forest. And that only accounts for the bodies that the searchers managed to find. Mm. We don't know how many they haven't found yet. Um, and um, unfortunately, because it's so thick and and just hard to find your way in there, there's there's supposedly trails. Yeah. And but so many people wander off the trails, and it's so easy if you wander off the trail. So easy to not only get lost, but it's also difficult to find somebody, too. I mean, if you don't want to be found, you can go into that forest and just wander off a trail, and no one will ever, ever find you. Um, and then, of course, you know, if if you have, even though people are going to search for you, you've got, if you've been out there for months, uh, decay, and animals are going to pick at you and carry your stuff off, you know, yeah, and, exactly. and all that sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you you will never, ever truly, I don't think, get a, an accurate body count, on a yearly body. I don't think we'll ever get a, a yearly one. Uh, some other data that I have here, let's see. Um, we've already talked about how that uh, Akogihara is the second um, most popular place in the world uh, to commit suicide behind the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, but there's been so many people that kill themselves there that the, that the authorities have placed signs at the entrance to the park with warnings like, please reconsider, uh, think carefully about your children and your family, and stuff like that at the entrance and, and everything. Um, some more data that I found. I don't know how accurate this is. This uh, In 2010, it says 247 people attempted suicide in the forest, but only 54 were successful. And in general, hanging is the most common cause of death with drug overdose running a close second. Um, I don't have really numbers for anything. Uh, well, I have 2010 here, and then I have 2000, like, Two in two thousand three and two thousand four, yeah. and I don't have anything between two thousand four and twenty ten. Uh, the Japanese government it says uh, that they they um, are afraid that the totals are because they're on the rise. That it's encouraging others to follow in the footsteps of those who've already went out there and killed themselves. Mm. So they stopped releasing the numbers. Um, so. Like I was saying, they have patrols that regularly scout the area, hoping to find people who are going out there to to kill themselves and and maybe redirect them. Um, I I found a a little article that says that locals say they can easily spot there. There there are three types of visitors that come out there. You've seen this. I see you've seen the same thing. So they're they're 
Trekkers interested in the scenic vistas of Mount Fuji, the curious hoping for a glimpse of all the dead people and stuff out there, and then there are those who are going out there to actually kill themselves. So yeah. I'm sure you saw that same same article. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and according to some reports, the forest workers have to carry the bodies from the forest to the local police station where they are put in a special room specifically to house those corpses. Um, <clears throat> now, there is a, a belief in Japanese culture that if a corpse is left alone, that it's bad luck. Mm-hmm. And the ghost, especially for, for someone that's a suicide victim, and their spirits are said to uh, scream through the night and that their bodies will move on their own. So the guards uh, at this police station, they play rock, paper, scissors to decide who's going to be the one to sleep next to the body during the night. Yeah. So this just shows how much they believe in, you know, that and and how they're afraid of, of that and they would prefer to sleep in the same room close to the body than take a chance and let this thing, you know, this, this URI uh, ghost. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting point because Japan has always been like, even you go way back in history, like before Japan was like touched by Westerners, Japan was always like the mysterious place that kind of no one had been to. Um, There's a movie called uh, Silence. And it's, I believe it's silence, and it's about uh, three Jesuit priests that go to Japan. Um, it's, I think it's Liam Neeson and a, a couple other actors. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, yeah, they go there and um, they don't know anything about it. They're they're Christian. Um, they're, I believe they're Jesuits. Um, but yeah, so it's always been a mysterious place. And then, I mean, you go into. Uh, folklore and all that stuff like the yokai uh which are like supernatural spirits monsters in japanese folklore that like inhabit um many aspects of of the landscape and or that that's the bird demon right the the yokai you know yokai is like a just a blanketed term for supernatural monsters spirits and demons um yeah at least that's how i know it that's um, that's how I've heard stories. Yokai is just like a general term of there's like hundreds, there's hundreds and thousands of them. Um, but yeah, they inhabit places. Um, I'm thinking about the Tingu. Okay, I've never the, heard those that term. Are, yeah, the the Tingu is uh, there's two different kinds of Tingu, and one of them is a uh, a, a bird demon. Okay. It's a man that has a head of a bird. Ooh kind of and it wears these long white robes and stuff uh-huh. um yeah that's supposedly one of the demons that haunt uh the forest, oh, the forest. okay mm-hmm. okay yeah. gotcha i mean yeah even even that they there's a lot of spirit spiritual folklore and the i would say asian cultures in general are more spiritually focused uh than definitely westerners what in the west we sort of live in the physical um, more so, but no, the, the, yeah, the, um, I would say the, the Eastern cultures have more reverence for their ancestors and what death entails. 
um, the afterlife, reincarnation, all that is totally different than the Western perspective. So that definitely plays a role into what it means to commit suicide um, in the Japanese culture as compared to the Western culture. Yeah, suicide isn't necessarily treated the same way mm-hmm. in Eastern culture as it is here in, in Western culture. Um, in, in doing research for this, unfortunately, you come across, you know, all kind of stuff about suicide because you're researching the suicide force, so you're going to have all kind of stuff. But um, the the numbers that I, I found said that... Uh, Japan is like the 26th uh, most commonly or ranks number 26 in people who kill themselves. Okay. Um, which I thought it was probably a little bit higher than that. Yeah, um, interesting. But um, it, uh, it apparently is in Japan from what I'm from what I'm reading from what I understand from what I'm reading is if you, like, lose your job in Japan, that's a big deal. I mean, it's it's a big deal anyway, yeah. and no matter where you're at, you know. But it's a huge deal in Japan. And if you can't find a way to support yourself and your family, you're considered undesirable, especially if you're a man. Oh, for sure, yeah. You're, you're undesirable. You can't get – you. no woman is going to want to – you know, be with you because you can't support yourself. You can't support a woman. You can't support a family. And then they have to support their elders as well. So if you can't support yourself, you can't support mom and dad or grandma or whatever. So people, men just like, well, can't find a job. Time to kill myself. Head off to the forest or whatever and do what I got to do. I mean, and, and it's kind of, that's basically like how they, how they treat it over there. Yeah. No, it's true, and um, Japan has not had an easy go of it since uh, since World War II. It's been it's been up and down. I know just from studying economics, Japan has this uh, area in the early '90s, uh, the lost decade. So uh, they had Japan had the world's second largest uh, gross national product after the United States. Um, but by the late '90s, it ranked first in gross national product per capita worldwide. But it ended in the early 90s when the economy stalled and basically plunged Japan into the lost decade. Um, and yeah, I, it's, I know it's been, it's been tough for the for Japanese to, uh, to come back from that. And like you said, losing jobs, the economy tanks, lots of people lose their jobs, and that could definitely come into play I did not know that about uh, yeah that in the 90s yeah it was it was from what I understand pretty pretty intense yeah Hmm. interesting interesting so looking at some of the the info that I've gathered we were we were talking about um, the what my my one called the Tingu and yours was what did you yeah the yokai the yokai yeah. yes so in in the research that I found uh, it says that the the Japanese popular belief is that if a person dies in a deep sense of hatred anger sadness or desire for revenge their soul can't leave this world and it continues to wander appearing to other people 
who are feeling the same way mm. or who are who are suicidal. And these souls are called the Uri. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they are found in uh, a lot of the, the modern cultural references and movies and stuff like that. Yep. Here in the West, our ghosts and in our horror movies, that pretty much they want something specific. They're out to try to tell you who killed me or I'm out for revenge because you killed me or something like that. But that in, in, in the Eastern culture, uh, especially talking about the, the Yuri, how do you say it again? The Yokai? Yokai? Yuri? Yeah. Yuri? Yeah, the Yuri. Yeah. I'm sorry. The, uh, the Yuri, um, they don't want anything in particular. They just want to have their curse removed from them so they can move on or whatever conflicts they had that was unresolved, they want it yeah. to be resolved. So they don't necessarily want anything. And another interesting uh, tidbit of info that I found that according to some uh, Japanese spiritualist, the trees themselves are, are soaked in malevolent energy that has accumulated over the years, which kind of goes back to what I was saying at the top of the show, where there's, you know there's got to be so much bad energy there that you, you can't help but to just soak it all in. Yep. yep. Here you've got all this natural environment, you know, this this porous lava rock. I don't know if that is anything. You know, they say like limestone really absorbs bad energies. I've heard that. All that yeah. sorts of stuff. I don't know if lava Does rock <laughs> would be the same. I have no idea. It'd be yeah. interesting to look into that. Um, but yeah, they're, you, they're just, it makes sense that they believe that the trees can, you know, harbor all that bad energy. Cause I mean, that's a lot. That's 90% of what they see. It seems like, you know, people are going out there sad and oh, yeah, hanging I mean, themselves from the trees. Yep. And, uh, some some even say that uh, the trees are could possibly even um, be alive themselves. Mm. As you look at the roots, the way that the the ground is while the lava and everything, the, the roots kind of grow above ground, and it gives the the appearance of tentacles or legs or something like that. So um, giving you the impression that they can walk, you know. Um, so um, yeah, so there's some that says hey, it's the you know the trees are are evil. And, yeah, you know, they've they've been exposed to so much bad stuff. The trees are evil. They're they're alive and they're so I don't I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but I definitely believe that they hard they have they absorb that that bad energy they've for sure. To. No, I'm I'm with you on the I'm with you on the energy part. Um, it's yeah, it's an I guess it's un, it's unfortunate that that place has become um such a dark place where uh individuals go and they're wanting to commit suicide because it is just looking at pictures it's a gorgeous place i mean mount fuji is like what's japan's uh i believe it's japan's holiest mountain um but it's it's gorgeous it's probably one of the most gorgeous mountains in the world like Mm -hmm. when you when you think of you like mount fuji mount kilimanjaro um what's that one out by seattle uh mount rainier Mount sure. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Mount Rainier. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Mount Rainier. But they're yeah. similar. They like tower over the landscape, um, and uh, I know from Seattle you can see Mount Rainier, and it's like a th- I think it's like a three hour drive, two and a half maybe. But in the distance, it's massive, and I am sure um, I'm sure Mount Fuji's the same way. Yeah. 
just, yeah, just seeing what, what I've seen from from Mount Fuji, like on TV, yeah. and on the yeah. internet, and all that sorts of stuff. I mean, you can see it, and you're like, well, it's a day's travel, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, to get there, exactly. you know. Um, so, winding things up, yeah. What what's your view like on the forest as as a whole? Do you think that there is some sort of something? I don't. Know, for lack of a better word, an entity or something like that that's attracting these people to come come kill themselves there? Is there something that's drawing these people there? Or do you think that just because it's such a popular spot that now we have all this bad energy in this forest? Yeah. I, th- I believe that there definitely is some sort of darkness that draws people to it just because of the past bad energy. I do believe it's developed into something that draws people there that's bad. Um, You could, uh, I don't know that I necessarily believe this, but one could come to the conclusion that there could be some sort of dark force that has um, set itself upon the location and in like a mass consciousness kind of way brought it into being a dark place. So there could be some dark force behind the thoughts um, that get into people's heads. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I, think, I think that because I don't think the place itself is evil. I don't think that there's – I don't think that there's anything that's malevolent that exists in there that's drawing these people saying, come to, come to me and kill yourself. But, however, I think that because there's been so many deaths there over the decades, that now there is a darkness that is not just literal but a figurative darkness as well that's, that, that's there. And there's so much bad energy. It, you can't help but to to not feel that. You know, it, that, that place has got to have... Some sort of of bad, some sort of bad like energy that has just grown, you yeah. know, from from it from it being there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. So, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, we have uh, pretty much exhausted our time. We got about uh, oh eight and a half minutes or so left so before we close everything down i just want to end by saying um we we've been talking a lot about suicide and i i feel obligated to mention this because when you're talking about suicide that's always a like i said at the beginning of the podcast it's a very dark subject and um i think that I'm obligated to to mention this. I'm in the healthcare business uh, on my day job, so I'm in this to save lives. And uh, I see a lot of people uh, come through every day who are in my line of work, who are who are suicidal and depressed, and have feel like they have nowhere else to turn, and that the only thing they have left is to kill themselves. And I'm I just want to close by saying that we can all help prevent suicide everybody um life is a precious gift 
and it doesn't always go the way that we want it to go. And unfortunately, life is hard, man. But you know what? Along with the bad times comes good times. And I really think that there are more good times in everyone's lives than there are bad. But it's so easy to get focused in on the bad Mm. that you lose sight of the good. So if you are feeling depressed or suicidal, if you think you may want to harm yourself, kill yourself, or if you know someone who you or suspect someone is going through a hard time or is at risk of suicide, please get that person or get yourself help. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. That number to call once again is 1-800-273-8255. There are counselors on the other end of that that can help you and there is help, there is hope, and you do not have to take your own life. Things will get better. And with that being said, we're going to wind the show down. Now, that was depressing. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that was so depressing. Oh, It is heavy. It is heavy, yeah. And then I have to end it on that note. Let's end it on a let's let's do something. Let's bring it up a notch. Let's, uh, let's every, do it. Yeah, I, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode. Let me know what you thought by sending an email, sandman at parareality.com. Or you can just, like I said, go to the website, go to www.parareality.com. That's where you can find out all kinds of information about the show. You can listen to current and past episodes, and if you click on the Extras tab, you can join the official Parareality Radio Forum. It's free to join. You can shop in the Parareality Radio Store. You can watch some show videos and other stuff like that. And don't forget to... uh, Look up the show on Facebook, just so Parareality Radio on a, on a search on your Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, at Radio. I post a lot of interesting stuff on Facebook and Twitter, like upcoming shows, special guests, interesting articles, stuff like that. So make sure you follow me both on Facebook and on Twitter to find out what's happening with Parareal Radio. Eric, how can everybody get in touch with you? How can they follow you? For sure. Um, you can email me at worldweliveinpodcast. Uh Sorry, world we live in podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at world we live pod. Um, and yeah, iTunes, all that. Um, yeah, email me, uh, email me with uh, stories. Uh, if you just want to say hi, that's awesome too. And yeah, we'll just keep on cruising. All right, so those are all the different ways you can get in contact with me and Eric here on Periality Radio. Next episode, let's see, going to be on Friday, July 5th, 2019. I'm going to be winding up my uh, trilogy of episodes about haunted uh, Tennessee. The first episode I did was on Tennessee cryptids, and the one I did last episode was on my top 10 haunted locations here in the state, and I'm going to wind it down on July 5th with uh, my top 10 paranormal hotspots specifically to nashville so, oh okay yeah, so it's going to be hopefully a, a, a good episode everybody i uh want to remind you that you can now listen to parareality radio on a variety of different websites and streaming f- platforms the show can of course be heard on spreaker which is where i host my podcast from but you can also hear it on facebook you can also listen to it on youtube 
And if you want to stream the show, you can do it from preparereality.com website, or you can stream it on Google Play. You can hear it on Stitcher. Uh, there's a Player FM. You can do, uh, um, let's see, Spotify and iTunes or whatever iTunes is going to morph into. I'm going to talk to my pal Eric here at the end about we'll how get to get on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really want, wanting to get on Spotify and iTunes, so hopefully those will be coming really, really soon. And if you have an Alexa device, you can enable any of the Spreaker, Google Play, or Stitcher skills and open them up and simply say, Alexa, play Parareality Radio, and you can listen to it on Alexa. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah. So like I said, next show is going to be on Friday, July 5th, 2019 at 8 p.m. going to wind down the uh, trilogy of shows about Haunted Tennessee with uh, Nashville Paranormal Hotspots. Everybody, I hope that this radio program opens up your minds to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. For my friend and co-host, my good buddy, Eric P., this is Sandman, signing out. We'll see you again. and Well, I'll see you in uh, two weeks. Eric, when's your next podcast? One month. One month. Sweet. <laughs> so Eric will see you. Oh, you're talking about where we live in. I <laughs> yeah, apologize. Yeah. No, well, uh, next couple of weeks. Not sure yeah. yet. Yeah, Sweet. Yeah. All right. So just uh, keep keep in touch with where we live in pod and sure. uh, find out when their next podcast is going to be. And then Eric will be back here in one month. Everybody, I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you later. If you wish to change... You must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.